Welcome to Faith Seeking Understanding, a place dedicated to the discussion of Christian faith in 21st century life. C.S. Lewis said, I believe in Christianity as I believe that the sun has risen, not only because I see it, but because by it I see everything else. So join us as we endeavor to understand 21st century life through the lens of Christian faith. I'm your host, Alan Bevere, pastor, professor, author, and lover of Five Alarm Food. Come and seek with me. Please join me in prayer. And now may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord our God, our wisdom, our salvation. Amen. November 1989. I want to say November 3rd. Maybe it's the 6th. 3rd or 6th, 1989. I was 27 years old. I don't know what happened there. But for those of us who are old enough to remember... I'll guarantee you that at one point that, at least in the week after the event started, at some point, all of us who are old enough to remember had our eyes glued to the TV. Because we were watching the Berlin Wall come down. That wall that signified oppression, that signified... Just separation, separating families and people. At the end of the the Second World War was ending and the Allies and the United States and France and Britain were working their way east after having invaded Normandy and the Soviets, who were also our allies at that time, working their way west toward Germany. When all was said and done, it was very clear The Soviets had no intention of abdicating the territory. And so they installed client states in Eastern Europe. And when they got to Germany, even though the Allies wanted to, in the reconstruction of Germany, the Marshall Plan, wanted a unified Germany, the Soviets were not going to relinquish East Germany And Berlin, the capital, was within the territory of East Germany, and the Soviets built a wall, walling off West Berlin, which was controlled by the United States and France, and Great Britain and East East Berlin, controlled by the Soviets, basically turned West Berlin into an isolated island for many, many years. And so, for those of us who had known that history, for some who had actually lived that history, to watch television and watch average German citizens from both sides, from East and West Berlin, with sledgehammers and pickaxes and chisels and shovels, whatever they could get their hands on, chipping at that wall, knocking it down on top of the wall, and then there's that footage, and you can still watch it on YouTube, There's the footage of that part in the wall that first was breached and opened and an East German citizen 
walked through that opening and shook hands with a citizen from West Berlin. The wall had come down. What a great moment in history that was. Walls are easy to build. In fact, we human beings throughout history have demonstrated we're good at building walls. No, I don't necessarily mean of concrete, although we can build those, but I mean all kinds of different walls that separate us from one another. Barna and Pew Forum and other of these uh, polling places that specialize in drilling, polling people and then kind of trying to analyze the current context and culture. You know, we, we know, we know that we are a politically divided nation and we think that it's always been that way. We, we think that this is somehow new or it's worse than it's ever been. Um, probably not. I'm guessing probably you couldn't get more divided than just before the Civil War. And by the time that division was done, it had cost approximately 750,000 casualties, dead and wounded. So we've been divided. And in fact, you know, we tend to think we're divided over issues, right? Political issues. The reality is what Barna and Pew and others tell us is that's really not the case. I mean, yeah, we are divided over issues, but, but that is never, it, that's not worse than it's ever been. We haven't agreed on stuff for a long time. But you know it's different now? And it started, again, according to these people, these folks, it started sometime in the late 1980s, where what has create, made us so divided is not the politics per se, but our attitudes toward those who don't share our views. That's what's changed. We've always had the debates, but now what's happened is, and by the way, this is true across the board here, is that our attitudes toward people who don't share our views has gone from the loyal opposition to those who are evil and trying to destroy everything we believe in. And so that's one of the reasons why conversation is so difficult. Not because we disagree on the issues, but because we no longer can see the person who disagrees with us as being part of that humanity part of that culture, part of that nation that we all share. We just have different opinions on what's best for it. So, this is, so, so then this is no longer um, a conversation to have so that we move forward, but rather it's a war to be won. And so we become even more tribal. So it's the attitudes that's the problem. And the problem also has been is that the church has got sucked into this because it's easy to get sucked into. Other surveys that have been done recently have suggested that a high percentage of us, again, across the spectrum, a high percentage of us no longer imbibe news, whether you watch it or read it or listen to it, 
We no longer imbibe news for information. We imbibe it for confirmation. We want to watch and listen and read only what already agrees with us. And any place, any one, any, any source that doesn't agree with us, well, they're not to be trusted. So instead of trying to understand and learn and, and understand what other people might be thinking, we instead just gravitate toward our own echo chambers and that certainly doesn't help any conversation, does it? But what we discover is if we are willing to break down those, those walls, the wall of demonizing the other, and sit down and talk with each other, do you know what happens? We don't necessarily change our minds about things. We walk from the table still holding our views, and they walk from the table still holding their views, but you know what happens? What happens is understanding. What happens is clarity. What happens is, you know, I still don't agree with him. I still don't agree with her, but now at least I understand why they feel the way they do. That's hard work. And so it's much easier to build walls. Now, what does that have to do with our reading from Paul in Ephesians? What it has to do with, I am so happy that when it comes to God dealing with human beings, he doesn't take our approach. He doesn't take the divide and conquer approach. He takes the approach of reconciliation, of bringing together. And so Paul is writing to the Ephesians. A church made up of Jews and Gentiles. Three of the, the, the major distinctions in the ancient world that were walls, and Paul mentions them in Galatians, Jew and Gentile, slave and free, male and female. And that those were not just necessarily differences of identity, but they were walls that, that, that people used to separate. And so when Paul can say to the Ephesians, hey, you Gentiles, you who were once far off, that is far away from the covenant, and the Jews who were near, notice not that they didn't need help either, but they were closer, he says, because of Jesus Christ, you know what God has done? He's brought you all together. He's made you one. And he's made you one as Gentiles and as Jews. That doesn't change. But he's brought you all together. And he achieved reconciliation not through a club, <laughs> beating the opponents over the head, but through a cross. And so he has created that one new humanity, and I want to say that the church, in a world of such division, in a world where we're so used to demonizing people, the church should stand out as an enclave of reconciliation and of bringing people together, bringing diverse people together. No, the, you know, unity is not everybody thinking alike. But we want to go in and reconcile. 
So I'm so glad that in Jesus, God didn't take the approach that we often take. To reconciliation is you do it our way. <laughs> we can be reconciled if you do it our way. And I don't think the church can be the agent of reconciliation that Paul views, that Paul envisions for the church if we too are not only not reconciled to ourselves, but if we refuse to be the kind of people that tear down walls. Boundaries are good. We need boundaries. Problem is when we make boundaries walls. I'll tell you one other thing, just one other thought. I'm not sure how the church can be a witness to reconciliation in this world if indeed we are doing our own thing as distinct from other congregations and other churches. I've said this before, you know this, I've said this before, we, we, we've silent ourselves off for too long. That's why I loved our fun day a couple of Saturdays ago with two churches right close to us. And Dan, Daniel is working on VBS with the same two churches to do something together. No, that doesn't mean we all have to worship together every Sunday. That all doesn't mean... No, no, no. We are allowed to keep our distinctions. We're allowed to keep the boundaries. I love being, I love being in the Methodist tradition. I love the Wesleyan tradition. I really don't want to be a Presbyterian. I love them. I don't want to be one. And they probably don't want to be a Methodist. So yeah, we can have our own individual worship and our own business and do our own thing, but we can be together too. We can do things together. And when we work together, that's witnessing to the world that you can work together too because this is what God wants for the world. I, I, I think I've told this story before, uh, but if I have, repetition's a good thing, right? I remember many years ago, probably, gosh, it's had to be close to 20 years now, uh, in the church I was serving at the time, I, I took three persons and we went south to a conference in Montgomery, Alabama, in a very large United Methodist Church in Montgomery, very large. And one of the things that they do is that they have their own TV station and their own radio station. But, uh, so they have programming that they, that they offer but one of the things they do is this church is they give free advertising to any church in Montgomery that wants to advertise anything they got going on. So if the little church down the street wants to advertise their rummage sale, they'll give them free airtime. If they want to advertise their VBS coming up, they'll give them free airtime. And the senior pastor at the time, he's now retired, the senior pastor was telling the story and said that, that uh, a, a, the local paper had come out to do a report on something in their ministry and, and, and uh, I don't remember the specifics any longer, but one thing I do remember is they started talking about their TV station and he had mentioned in the conversation that they gave free airtime to any other church to advertise what they've got going on. And the reporter looked really funny at him. And she said, you give free airtime to the competition? And he said to her, those other churches are not our competition. We're in this together. Our competition 
is the principalities and powers that want to undo what God is doing. That's our competition. And sometimes we've done that, haven't we? We've sometimes viewed certain churches at times as competition. We're in this together. We got the same mission. We march to the same Lord and Savior who said to all of us 2,000 years ago, make disciples of all nations. We are in the reconciliation business. In a world divided. In a world that's always been divided. Sometimes it's worse, sometimes it's not as bad, but in a world where people want to wall themselves off into their own little groups so they're comfortable with whatever it is they're comfortable with, the church takes the walls and through love and prayer and service we take those walls and we begin to chip away in the hope that one day the wall the walls that we human beings have built will come tumbling down because Jesus Christ wants to bring everyone together under his lordship. And so we bear witness to our Lord and Savior, who has come, offered himself on the cross, not to pick winners and losers, but to open out his arms wide, and to welcome all who would believe and all who would follow. And the world can't know that if we've walled ourselves off. So we need to be... I think of the church... One, one, more, one more image here. I think of the church as like firefighters. <laughs> right? I mean, the building is on fire, and of course, any of us, what do we do when the building's on fire? We run. We run out of the building. What do firefighters do? They run into the building. Right? That's the church. Our job is to run to the divisions, run to the distress, run to the difficulty, run to the pain, run to the suffering, and to be a healing, reconciling presence in the midst of that. That's our job. And so may the God who in Jesus Christ by the blood of his cross has broken down even the biggest walls that divide us as Paul says may we reflect the God who breaks down walls and brings people together. Let us pray. Gracious God, we thank you for this ministry of reconciliation. It's not easy work. It cost your son his life. He is much easier and more comfortable to build up the walls. But Lord, help us to remember that as we claim the name Christian, which means little Christ, we are to be like Christ in the world. Help us to continue to recognize the boundaries that we so need for order in life. 
but forgive us when we have built them into walls. And may we, by our work as a church, in mission to this community, may we begin to chip away at the walls that divide, at the walls that separate. And may we do the hard work of offering your son to the world for the purpose of reconciliation. In Jesus' name, amen.